excited. I'm excited about today. So Jen, so well, we bleh. <laughs> okay. All right. You hear a different voice. That's the exciting thing that's happening. Priscilla Oliveras is with us Yay. today. Hola, everyone. And Priscilla, I have loved Priscilla's books from back. I feel like I loved Priscilla before it was cool. Oh, oh gosh. Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> um back back in the day, Priscilla wrote a secret Please. baby romance that I really loved. <laughs> Um, yes. (laughs) Well, and I love that whole series that was set in Chicago. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we all have our reasons to love Priscilla. Exactly. Along the fact that her books are spectacular. So, uh, they're terrific. And um, she has, I don't know why I'm doing this because none of you can see it, but you, the two of you can see it. She has anchored hearts out. Priscilla, when is anchored hearts out? It hits, um, April 27th. So print digital and audio. And it's so pretty. My seven-year-old daughter wandered through my office yesterday and picked it up and went, ooh, this is pretty. Is it about kissing? And I was like, in fact, it is about kissing. They've done a a fab job with the covers. It's gorgeous. It is the sequel, like a second in the series, the key, Mm -hmm. what's the name, the Key West series? Keys to Love. Keys Keys to Love, yes. Of course. (laughs) And wait, we should say, welcome everyone to Faded Me. I'm Sarah McLean. I write romance novels and I read romance novels. I'm Jennifer Prokop. I am a romance reader and critic and our special guest. I am Priscilla Oliveras. I write contemporary romance with a Latinx flavor. Right, it's the truth. So wait, <laughs> are you, but you're from Florida. You are in Florida now? Yes. So and right, are you from right. the Keys? My dad was in the Navy, so we moved around a lot, but from... 1980 on. We spent like two years in Guantanamo Bay, Cuba, in the military base there. And then we moved to Key West summer before my seventh grade year. And so through junior high, high school, early college, when I would go home to visit, uh, you know, my parents was Key West. And then they were there uh, until about 10 years ago. And then they moved up here to Gainesville. And then when I moved back to Florida, um, I joined them here. So we tried pre-pandemic. Yeah. We tried. I would try to get back to Key West a couple times a year because I still have good friends there. Um, there's a, a really flat half marathon that my sister and I have met to go run. <laughs> so it's an easy, it's an easy um, route. And then you, and then you go to the beach. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's you say easy, but I think one, it's a marathon, so you know. And also, it must be very warm there. And yes, I feel like the heat. It's, it's a half marathon, which. Um, once I, the first time I said it, I'm just doing a half. There was um, a, you know, a runner runner. And he said, there's no just about it. You are doing a half. So it's a half marathon. And usually when they have it right again, pre-pandemic it's in January. So for, for me, it gets cold. It's a, it's a chilly race, right? But the people that come from up North, it's not a chilly race. Right. Um, But so funny. and, And then, yeah. And then, like I said, afterwards, then you get to go relax at the beach. I like to ride my bike along the lake in Chicago and people yes. who are not from Chicago say, well, it's just so flat. Like, how can that be exciting? And I say the wind, <laughs> because oh, there gosh. have been times that I have, you know, rode out and then like the ride back takes <gasps> like twice as long because you're just riding straight into the wind. So oh my that's, that's how they make it. That's how you make a bike ride interesting in Chicago. Yes. <laughs> so, Priscilla, when we asked you to come on the podcast, we said what we usually say to people who do interstitials, and we said, what's your favorite trope? What do you want to talk about? 
one you picked. Tell everybody. Second Chance Romance. Woo-hoo! So good. <laughs> it's so good. And it's such a classic. And we've never done it. We have. I'm shocked. Oh, I mean, it was sort of one of yeah. those things where I was like, how have we not done this? Because You know it why? Is, because it's a classic. It is. It's a fan favorite. And so you have to have somebody great do it with you. Oh, my goodness. You can't just have some fly-by-night doing it. <laughs> I'm all, I'm, now I'm all blushing. <laughs> um, and also, so interestingly, not only is it a trope that you really love, it's a trope that you just wrote for the first time. Anchored Hearts is your first second chance romance. Yeah. And what- it is gorgeous. <laughs> and Aww. it's possibly one of the best setups for second chances in that it's um childhood sort of teen love like young love yeah that separates and then comes back together when people are older and wiser and yeah hotter <laughs> <laughs> yes yes actually the graphic one of the graphics that like the the teaser quote that they use is it is alludes to that about you know he left a young 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 man and now he's back all man. Mm. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> he is. Yeah. So um, why don't, so do you want to tell everybody, why don't you talk a little bit about the series and how you came to this couple? Oh, sure. Now. Okay. So the series is called Keys to Love and um, book one that came out last May was, um, or is, Anchored Hearts. No, that's not right. Anchored Hearts. Island Affair. So I was like, wait a minute, I'm I'm messing up my own series. That that does not bode well for this podcast. We never get titles right, actually. So (laughs) it was our influence. Oh my gosh. In in my Match to Perfection series, the number of times I've tweeted like a mashup of the his his perfect, her perfect, their perfect. I'm like, oh my gosh, that was not good. But anyway, so this series is the Keys to Love series. Um, And so book one is Island Affair. And in Island Affair, it, that one is a fake relationship romance. And so you meet the whole Navarro familia. Um, it's the mommy and papi. So the mom and dad, they have four kids. And the Navarro siblings and their and their papi, their dad, are all firefighter paramedics um, in the Keys. And so they so you meet them all in the Island Affair. And um, you, you so you get to know Ana Maria. She shows up at a really inopportune moment for Luis. And I'm not <laughs> going to tell you when, but it was so fun to write. Um, and uh, so you get it. You get a taste of Ana Maria. But her story, she gets to come into her own in Anchored Hearts. And I will say Island Affair. Um, I, I grew up in the Keys, so I, I knew I wanted to set a book you know, a book or a series, actually my very first romance I ever wrote, which sucked for like a bazillion reasons, <laughs> was set in Key West. Um, but now X number of years later, actually like 30 years later and and, and wiser and a little bit more knowledgeable of craft, um, the keys to love. So Island Affair is kind of like my, um, my welcome to readers, right? S- Sarah, who's the heroine, is a tourist there. And, um, she's the one that convinces Luis to pretend to be her boyfriend for the next week while she's there. Um, and so the things that, the the things that you do, the highlights, um, are, are kind of touristy. So my hope is that like, if you visited Key West, when you're reading Island Affair, like you remember those memories and you can picture yourself there, or if you've never visited Key West, then hopefully you feel like your toes are in the sand at South beach with them. And you're dancing at El Meson de Pepe, like my family does when we go, Uh, um, you know, so it's like a welcome, but anchored hearts is kind of like my homage to 
high school memories, you know, the things my sister and I did on Friday nights with friends. And so to, to those friends that I have that still live there that, you know, that I went to high school with, um, and because the, the memories like the hanging out at Higgs beach where Ana Maria and Alejandro had their first kiss, um, that is not where I had my first kiss. I'm not going to share that. <laughs> I have not, it's not happy hour yet. So I have not had any wine. So. You would never. <laughs> but, um, but we did, hang, you know, we Friday night, we were those kids hanging out at Higgs Beach. And at 10, the cops would come around and be like, it's closed. And so you'd get in your car, you'd leave, you'd come back, you'd hang out again until they came back around and they'd be like, <laughs> so, so the, the things that the memories that they have were, um, Granted, my high school years were a little before Alejandro and Ana Maria's, but going back to visit Familia, like I've seen the changes of the yeah. island from when, um, and so it was a little different feel for me. Like I loved Island Affair welcoming everybody and then anchored hearts to me, like Alejandro coming home is kind of like a little bit of like me going home and getting to share a little bit of that with readers, you know, through their second chance. So one of the things I really love about your books and about this book particularly is the way you really like pack in tropes. You really, it's like you know what a romance reader really wants when they come to a romance. And so this book has, it feels like it has it all because it has the second chance piece. It has the, there is a sort of, like you said, a kind of small town feel to it where everybody Mm -hmm. knows everybody else. Also the family bit where everybody's Mm -hmm. in everybody else's business. (laughs) Yes. Um, I love the piece where, you know, she's, um, Anna Maria is, it begins with Anna Maria who now runs a gym is a, or well, she's a, she's a firefighter paramedic and like her side hustle. She is a nutritionist and an athletic and a trainer. So she does like private classes and she does group classes and she's got a website right. that yeah. has like, um, locale Cuban recipes, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So I love that there's this kind of piece of, you know, she's in the car and then suddenly her mom is like, oh, by the way, I agreed you'd go over (laughs) and help with Alejandra, who has a, who's hurt. And then there's like, and I'm like, is this a sick bed romance? (laughs) (laughs) And Kate Claiborne, in fact, it is a little bit, there's like a, there's, there's, you know, it's caretaker a little bit at the yeah. very start. And and um, and on top of it, there is this kind of really beautiful second chance story that really harnesses, I think, obviously, whenever we, when, whenever we come at a, um, an interstitial to talk about a topic, we think about like all the things that need to be there for it to work. And there's such longing, like this kind of, this like heartachy longing between the two of them that like they had this chance and then yes. slipped away yeah. and for, for for good reasons for both of them yeah right i mean i i have to say someone asked me but if you had to pick a side which is really hard but i i would <laughs> That's a good question. i get i get his reasons but but yeah. i i totally am behind why she chose what she chose so is second chance a trope that you enjoy reading? And then if, or, or like, so what brought you or, you know, was it, I mean, sometimes it just seems like the right story for these characters, yeah. but you know, when you write a trope you love or one you are ambivalent about. So like, how was this process for you and what drew, drew you to second chance? Honest. I mean, if I, ha- if I try to think back, like the, the series itself 
came about because I knew I wanted to set something in Key West and then trying to think of like like tropes and the firefighter paramedic. The, the reason it came to me is because my sister and I did grow up, grow up with a family like I, I, they're in the acknowledgments um, that uh, it's five brothers and four of them are firefighter paramedics still in in the keys um and so like our families were close because we went to the same church and um and eric was in my grade and my one you know um one is my sister's grade so thankful thankfully because of facebook like we've stayed in contact and and also like going back and so when i thought of the sellers boys i was like oh my gosh Firefighter is is like a huge yeah. romance. Sure. Right? I mean, already I knew, listeners are right. like, click, click, click. And I knew yep. <laughs> I didn't want it to be all boys because just like what we do, we maybe take something that's reality, but we twist it till it becomes ours. And I knew maybe as the mom of three girls, I knew I wanted there to be a sister in there um, to you know to kind of mix it up a little bit. Uh, um, and so the the so that's where that was like the thinking part. But then the rest, like Luis came to me and then just try, talking to him and finding out about. Um, so like the fake relationship came about because I knew that that like Luis would do it because someone needed help, but it would really push him out of his comfort zone, which is what you needed to do. Right. And, or what we need to do. Um, and so for Ana Maria, I can't think I can't remember like when it came to me other than as I just got to know her and it just the, the I don't yeah I don't know if, it, if if that story just came to me like as I got to know more about her or it just because I because I know like in in small towns or like what I experienced in Key West like you know like a lot of families were you know you're close together everybody's in everybody's business and so it's just uh, um you know that seemed like a natural development kind of, kind of thing. So I, I, but it was not like a conscious, like, I want to write a second chance romance that hasn't the only, the only conscious decision was I want to write a series set in Key West and let's make them firefighter, you know, firefighter paramedics and the sellers boys, God love them. Like they set up, um, Eric helped me. Like I spent a day doing ride alongs and hanging out at two firehouses and, and Keith walked me around his firehouse. And, um, so they, they answered every probably annoying question I had, you know, So let's talk a little bit about then when you come at a second chance love story, what, what do you feel like needs to be in there? What's the, what's the heartbeat of a second chance? Oh, do you know what? You're right. I have written another second chance romance. (laughs) I thought you had. I mean, I didn't (laughs) want to tell you. Oh my gosh. (laughs) She knows my books better than I do. That's kind of embarrassing. Oh my gosh. No, no, no. It's fine. So tell us about, well, Tell us. You this went. is what made me think about that was in yeah. Sophia and Nate. It's like, it's, it's, it's family. Like the fa- you know, like the father drives a wedge. So for me, what I would have to say, Nate's father, um, and sorry, that second chance romance is resort to love. Oh yeah. I love that book. I was like, see, I was like, wait, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I want to talk about this because you yeah, do yeah. have in both, you have kind of you have a a really solid in both cases you have a really good reason why the the couples separate so i mean they're funny they're both like familia or like family driven cuz Nate's not Nate's not latinx but so they they're both family driven and but different reasons like in resort to love it's Nate's father is like she's you know doesn't think she is um you know, she is worthy of, you know, mm-hmm. uh, of his son. Right. And so he actually, 
well, I don't want to give something away, but the father does something right in, in, in the end that really, um, that kind of, that really drives a, a wedge between them. And, and in, um, in anchored hearts, the wedge is not in between the couple, but it's between Alejandro and his father. And so for me, I think bottom, um, Bottom line for it to be believable is it, it can't, I mean, just like what we say in anything, like it just, it, it can't be coincidence. It can't be right. something that a simple conversation. It converse- has to be high stakes, right? Right. A simple conversation could not clear it up. Or like, like what we would say, um, what I would like say to my students, like motivation, in, right, behind their decisions has to be strong enough. Even if whatever they're going to do, like I would never in my life do a fake relationship. I, I like right. reading it, but if I was Sarah's <laughs> friend and she called me, I'd be like, girl, what the what hell are, are you doing? doing? Get out of there. Right. <laughs> At the next stoplight, jump out of the car. Right. Like that would be me. Um, but so for that to be, when I was writing at the beginning, I tried to put my, think of myself as the reader and what would I need to do to help me skeptical reader go along. Right. Even though I know it's like a romance trope. So the same thing, and anything, whether it's that fake relationship or, or second chance, like the motivation behind why Ana Maria stays, the motivation why um, Alejandro, you know, listens to his father's ultimatum and and decides not to come back, like like right. his father said, you know. So the the structure of the of this book, just for people who are listening, Ana Maria stays. So Ana Maria and Alejandro oh, yeah. are in love. They're young and in love. Oh, yeah. And this is on page or it's just in the past? Because this is another really interesting conversation, which is, do you put the first part of the relationship on page or are you picking up, like, at this point where they come back together and then it's yeah. just in memory? And I think that it can go both ways, but it's really interesting to even consider that choice, I think, drives a lot of it, too. Yeah. So, like, you mean, like, as a prologue? Have a prologue or have the book even starting earlier? I wrote a second chance love story that was a marriage that had broken mm. apart. Yeah. And it is written in two timelines. So you see the marriage break in one timeline and you see them come back together in the other and they're knitted together. So hard? you actually are in first, per- like you're in, in present. I mean, it's not present, but you're in yeah, like the yeah. moment in both yeah. timelines. Um, and so, and I do think like that's a, that is a choice, yeah. but it's a different kind. Kennedy Ryan, for example, in Queen Move, mm, yeah. the first three, um, like almost the first hundred pages of that book is the past yeah. and watching them separate and they separate at 13 for family reasons because mm-hmm. their families are, you know, a piece of this puzzle and then they don't come back until, I mean, it's, it's almost 20 years later yeah. when they finally reconnect. And She's fall. amazing at writing the sag- sagas like that, that are over years. She's right. like modern Danielle Steele, right? Like she does these like big, st- big sagas. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but in, no, in this case, this is all, this has happened. It's all back. Yeah. Although there are wonderful memories. Yeah. So like memories that, that come up at at different times, hopefully not, you know, not backstory funks, but you know, threaded, threaded throughout. So no, it starts with where he has come back. It's his first time back to the Island 12 years later. So they haven't seen each other since that last ill-fated zoom. He is a photographer and he, goes off to take pictures of the world and becomes like a well, a, like world renowned photographer. And he, and they're in love when he leaves and he calls on her birth, oh, he 
calls yeah. on her birthday <laughs> every year. And they have this plan that she's going to meet him. And then, but her family kind of starts to, she starts to feel responsibility toward her family yeah. and starts to realize that she, like, that's a dream that right. just can't happen right. for her. To her, like, their plan out of high school was, we'll graduate, we're going to go see the world. And she just assumed, like, but we will come back. Like, Key West is right. our home base, right? Right. But Alejandro's dad owns um, a, a restaurant that's, like, a family legacy. Like, you know, and so it's assumed by the dad that Alejandro will take over the restaurant. And that's not what he wants. Like, he wants to honor the legacy. Uh, um, and and the reason it's so important, like, Alejandro's dad came over as part of what was called the Peter Pan operation, Operación Pedro Pan, um, in the late 50s, you know, early, like early 60s, kids that were sent over from Cuba when Castro was taking over. And some of the families re- were reunited, some were not, right? And so that restaurant to his dad is, is there in honor of Alejandro's grandfather. Um, and so he wants Alejandro to take it over as the oldest that is not the way Alejandro wants to honor his family's legacy. He wants to go do his own thing. And that's where the ultimatum comes in when his dad says, if you leave here, then don't come back. And Alejandro, you know, like I'm, I think of my kids as teenagers and like, I'm like, I would be like, so that's the one rule I'm going to give you that you're not going to break, right? You're going to break every other rule, but you're not going to, you're going you're to follow that one. That's um, funny. Right. Yeah. Um, but he does. But it feels so real too. Like I, I mean, I've talked on the podcast before about I have I had a very sort of an Italian dad who was really, you know, patriarchal and what he said went for a lot of my childhood. And like, so it felt really real, like for him to sort of set that in stone and then have it just not not be be. too two, you know, walls. <laughs> right. That's what it is. Right up two, against two each hard-headed, other. Two hard-headed people. And so when Alejandro throws that wrench in it, like, tells her, look, I'm, I'm going, but I'm not coming back. And her dad had just had a heart attack and is in the hospital. So when he so leaves, he, yeah, so she, there's no way she was going to leave. And, and Alejandro understood that. But when she decides not to go, yeah. And, and I don't know if I can give the reason why she decides not to go or if that's giving away. I don't remember. Right. Yeah. But she has a damn good reason. She has sure. a damn good reason for ultimately, even when her dad is out of the hospital, for not going. And I think that's why I said I could side with her because I so can understand she why. says, I'm not going. And there's this break between them where it just it just makes sense. It's like a it's it's the natural. It feels like the natural end. Right. And I think that's one of the key things about second chance that works so well for me and for so many people, right? Like when you think about the ways that second chance so often is written, there are the kind of classic second chances, the the childhood sweethearts who come back together when someone comes home. By the way, I love that he doesn't come home. Often that person comes home in like disgrace or like failure. He comes home because he went cliff diving, the dummy. (laughs) (laughs) Fun fact, my friend Aaron, who was an Olympian, went cliff diving in Costa Rica and broke her back. (gasps) And I mean, she's okay, but she, there went the Olympics. It was sad. Oh no. I know. Very sad. Yikes. 
So this is interesting to hear you talk about this because I'm going to tell you, I don't care why they broke up. That Because sometimes people are young and dumb yeah, or stubborn. It, or, yeah, that's it. Right? I don't care about that. That seems real to me. What I need from a second chance romance is I need them to be different now. Yes. Right? Does that make sense? And so when they fail for me as a reader, it's because one or both of them is the same. And I'm like, well, look, if you dummies, mm-hmm. if it didn't work out, you know, the first time and you haven't changed or experienced life or grown or like done, had your own life in between in these years in between, right. that's when it doesn't work for me. If one of them is just in like stasis. Yeah. And so yeah. what I really need from second chance is not like, I'm like, you were dumb and you should have been together and it didn't work out. Like, that actually is okay with me. I can pick sides. I'm fine with it. But what I want is growth in yeah. those years between yes. so that then when they come back together, I really believe that now they have a chance. But you know what else I want aside from growth? I want growth and I want it to feel like these two would be okay without each other. Like that they yes. sort of lived yeah. a life and now yeah. they're back together and like they're whole. Maybe they're each. like right. you know, they have they have you know, cracks, but <laughs> obviously I want them to be healed by each other, but like, I don't want it to be like, but they, would, now, right, but they don't need, yes. right. Exactly. They're not a crutch. Exactly. Right. They're not a crutch for the other. Because I think that's it for me. I, I mean, it sounds now again, like what you're describing is a little bit different, which is life, life separated us. But in one where it's like, if we had stayed together, it wouldn't have worked out because we, at that time, we wouldn't have had a successful relationship. Something about us like was, you know, we weren't. And so it's, I think there's lots of different ways that second chance plays out. And I think a lot of it does depend on like that first breakup and why it happened. So there's the life separated us and it's all understandable and we see both sides or there's the like, we really wouldn't have made it. And now we're diff, we're each different and now we can make it. Right. I think in, in anchored hearts, there is um, the the lesson learned, like come like Alejandro has to has to learn a lesson about like his expectations were were unfair, and 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 he has to he has to learn why. Um, I think he comes to do that. Um, Ana Maria had a good reason to to stay, but what she had realized, like at the by the start of the book, she has made this realization that. She, she's happy with her life. She's done what a lot of people have, like a lot of us have. She's, she's fine with her life, right? She likes, she likes her job. She, the side hustle, but she has realized that she's been kind of like treading water a little bit. She's had relationships, but they were all relationships that were doomed because like she's, she set herself up for failure in those relationships. And so she's just kindly realized like what the hell she's been doing and is ready to like be on, do her thing. And then Alejandro comes back and it, and it kind of throws her off a little bit. But ultimately what I hope happens for them is like the message that I want for the book is that like they each have their own dreams and they, and, and, and their own goals. And even if, even if they, that's going to take them to different places you know, as long as they are supportive of each other, then like, that's what a healthy relationship is. And that's what I think the romance genre in general is, you know, how we say like, oh, it's, a genre. it's right. a genre of hope. Well, yes, because it's about healthy relationships and learning how to, you know, 
how they, you know, can help you in the crap that life throws us. I think that um, it's so interesting that you, you talk about it that way, because I think that that's one of the tricky things about second chance often. I mean, it's a tricky thing about all romance, but, you know, in the olden days, you know, oh, back yeah. in the 80s yeah. and, oh, my and early 90s, these the second chance was not used to underscore healthy relationships. <laughs> yeah. no, no, it was like the, I mean, you guys, I, the old, when I came up on this trope, like the most bananas thing separated them. Like, right? <laughs> like I one of my okay, so this is funny. I'm gonna talk about Lovers in the Afternoon by Carol Mortimer, which probably came out okay, wait, I'm gonna look. I feel like in, I need to type that name down because I don't know if I've read that book. Okay, you do these not. All, I mean, these are Nin- all gonna be just this is a Harlequin Presents from 1985. 85. I mean, and you know how Harlequin Presents are always like, let's put every banana thing in the blender and mix oh it up gosh. and see what comes out. That's yes. was true back then too. And <laughs> she, they, she, her name's Lonnie. She's married to Adam and they break up and you're not really sure why. And then he like storms back into her life and is like, we're getting together. And it's basically because like they didn't have great sex. And he was like, you were just too young and needed some time to grow up, but I think you're ready now. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> That's not how it works. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I, I actually think like she had like a super, <laughs> I think I've said this before, like a super hymen, like he couldn't even yeah. break through there or something. That was in the book? That's yes. not where the hymen is, romance. <laughs> no, and I remember being like, my goodness. What a, right? But wow. it was always, like, so dramatic, right? Like, it was it was full well, of drama, the coming I'm, and leaving. There was also, there was a spate, and I can't name any of them, but there was definitely a spate of romances where, like, she wasn't good enough to that goal, for that golden boy, you oh, know, yeah. that golden boy. Yeah. And so his mother would, like, offer her yes. a chick. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then she would, I mean, this is also a classic soap opera move, but she would, like, <laughs> rip it up, but still leave. Like, and sure. So, and then, you know, 10 years later, they're back together, and he's, yes. like, Why being furious. And he's, like, <laughs> grabbing her by the shoulders. Like, you beautiful little fool. <laughs> oh, my God. And then, um, I do just have to, while we're talking about these bananas plots, I do have to give a nod to Lorelei and her um, wild card, her wild card, which was published, I just realized, in 2008. Um, oh, wow. And the premise of this one is the hero is a Navy SEAL, and he has been rescuing girls from a drug cartel, and he gets captured during the rescue, and given a really, like, intense sex drug, which is not really relevant to the second chance <laughs> romance, but... <laughs> an important piece in my How head. else will you bust through the <laughs> like a crazy sex <laughs> drug that never leaves his system by the way. So like then he has what? to learn to control his urges because he has this like sex sure. drug just coursing through him which doesn't feel like medicine at all, but fine, whatever. I'm not even a biologist, and I think I'm questioning And then he gets a face transplant, which also doesn't sound like medicine, and he (laughs) returns home to his wife, who thinks he is dead, with a new face, and then woos her as a new man. (gasps) I don't know why. I can't remember. (laughs) Romance reasons. Listen, the ones (laughs) where they come back and they don't recognize him, like The Highwaymen by Kerrigan Byrne. Yeah. 
Well, they don't recognize them for romance reasons. Just because. It's fine. <laughs> of course. It's like, um, you know, the mask. Yeah. I want to know, the mask guy, <laughs> does, does the wife eventually know who he really is? Well, Please tell me he doesn't lie to her till the end. When you get a face transplant, they don't transplant your eyes, Priscilla. Your eyes not a thing. Okay. So you can see how it goes. I was like, Nicholas Cage and John Travolta were like a word. Right? (laughs) Wow. Anyway, so that's a fun one if you, you know, just, but my point is that that all of that stuff is like a different kind of, yeah, yeah, right. Set aside. I will say, like, in resort to It never occurred to you to give him a face transplant? (laughs) Mm, No, bummer. I'm writing that down in my ideas folder. Sure. If I had an ideas folder, I was that way. No. It has a banana. It's banana shaped. (laughs) Um, Nate's dad did do that whole, like, offer her a check. You know, but but that's not what broke them up, right? Like, they continued to, like, dally um, with each other's, you know, kind of... But um, he chooses Nate, I- immature, chooses to follow along and does does like get engaged to the to the person that. And at that point, it was when Sophia, could, you know, was like, you know, th- then we're done if if that's the right kind of right. thing. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but there was that old, you know, take this check and leave my son. And yeah, no, yeah. but I love yeah. the check. I should I, oh, I yeah. should clarify. I love the check, but. It became something that, she, like, she never told him. It's so it became something then that yeah. she was hiding from him. So again, it had to come out eventually. Um, but the face yeah. transplant. <laughs> I mean, it's not the worst idea. So <laughs> can I talk about because we started talking about money? Can I talk mm. about "Rock Wedding" by Nalini Singh? Oh. So one of the things that's interesting about this book is it has it's sep- it's which I think it's unusual for romance. It has like part one, part two, part three, and part one is essentially they've been married for a couple of years, and it's the night that they break up. And he is he he's a rock star, and he is addicted to drugs and alcohol. And she actually I don't think realizes the extent of it. And she's just like, I love him, and I know he doesn't really love me, and they have this really terrible fight, and she basically flees the house. And one of the things that I really liked about it is she takes, she'd been sort of squirreling money away, and at that moment she realized maybe I knew all along that I was going to have to, like, get out of here. And she takes the credit cards, and she's kind of thinking that he will come for her, that he'll realize, like, he was terrible to her. And a month later, she realizes that it's not true. And she's like, you know what, then I'm going to make him pay. And she goes out with her like black credit card and buys a mini Cooper and buys a work wardrobe and buys jewelry in case she will need to. And part of me was like, I did love it because I think, and then she gets a divorce lawyer and there's a, you know, gets, goes after a settlement. And part of me really loved it because I do feel like there is a heroic, this thing where it's like, yes, I've married a billionaire, but I don't want your money. And she was like, yes, I want your fucking money. (laughs) Right? Yes. Yes. It is the only way I can make you pay. Right? Right. And then the part that's also interesting is in the kind of three years they're apart, she has another relationship with another man. She has, I mean, content warnings because she has a stillborn baby. And she then breaks up with him. 
and and then her Abe, her name's Sarah, Abe comes back into her life kind of at the breakup. He, like, witnesses it happen. And it was really fascinating because I was like, here, Nalini really understands that, wow. like, a life can happen while they're apart. Yeah. And I, I really found myself thinking, and meanwhile, Abe, you know, gets clean and goes to rehab and really is, like... He takes care of his own shit. He does the work. Yes. yes. That's the yes. important piece. Exactly. Exactly. And so then when he comes back to her, you know, I found it hugely satisfying kind of for like, because you understand that you are never on his team. I mean, you were literally like, I hope you jump off. Yeah. I was going to say, wow. Right. He seemed irredeemable. So I was like, damn. Well, it helped me to realize something because sometimes Kate and we joke about I like men to suffer, but then I realized I don't want them to suffer like and from an outside force, I want them to suffer when they realize they have done wrong. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Right. yes. You know what I love? I agree. I agree it's with the, that. the suffering that comes with you make me want to be a better man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, right. yes. yes. Uh, absolutely. It's yes. heartbreaking. Yeah. I, yeah. Think, I think same with me. Um, I don't care if someone else, I mean, I don't, it, it's not going to mean as much to me if it's just that someone else is hurting, but you have to do the hard work yes. within. Yes. Like, to me as a reader, that shows that you understand how to be worthy of another person. Yeah. Come back, fix yourself and come back. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Goodness. Sarah, you have some to recommend. I do. I'm trying to think, cause I have two. I want, I, we've sort of talked about lots of the themes that I want to, I know I I forgot to jump in on mine too. Touch on. That's okay. Like we're going to, we have plenty of time left. One of the things that I really like in, in Second Chance Romance, and Priscilla touched on it, is this idea of the heroine ultimately, like, taking the time apart to build herself a life. Like, mm-hmm. to sort of figure herself out alone and, like, what that, what, you know, how her life should be. Um, and I really like that because ultimately that feels I really like a heroine who ultimately is going to be okay whether or not this man stays. Yeah. And so and so for me I want to talk about The Bittersweet Bride which is by Vanessa Riley. And um Vanessa writes these beautiful Regency historicals and this one features the heroine's name is Theodosia. Um, and I know it always makes me think of Hamilton. Hamilton. I was, I was, I was singing that (laughs) in my head. It's so beautiful. It's such a, it's one of those names that like, yeah, prior to Hamilton, I would have been like Theodosia. And now I'm like, Oh, Theodosia. Yeah. Um, Anyway, Theodosia is a widow. She has lost her husband, and um, she's a black woman in the Regency who is trying— her husband runs a florist, like a sort of—I mean, it's not a traditional florist, but like a flower farm. Mm. And um, she understands she has a son, um, and she wants to protect this business for her son, the business interests of—you know, for her son. And there's— you know, in in all of Vanessa's stories, the heroines are all black, um, and they are str- and they are all sent in the Regency, and so they struggle with these kind of you know the race the race issue, yeah. the class issue, um, all of the concerns that kind of are packed in to a historical text when you're dealing with this kind of heroine, a widow who has a very young child who's trying to make it as a businesswoman yeah. who is, you know, being preyed upon for not by a number of people for many different reasons. Um, and 
in comes her first love, Ewan Fitzwilliam, who um, <laughs> is a second or third son. I don't remember. He's not title, but he's from an aristocratic family. He's been at war. He's back. Um, and he comes to get her. And it has this, it does have a little bit of that feel of like they were in love and then something happened and they were broken apart and he was sent to war. And now, yeah. you know, and she thought, um, and she had no choice. She married this other man to like make a life for herself um, in the way that women had to then. And mm -hmm. so he turns up and he is like, I am here for one reason and one reason only, and it is you. And she's like, <sighs> Hang on a second. Dude. <laughs> I know. Like, mm. Slow your roll. Yeah. <laughs> Except, and so she's like, I don't really love this, this setup in the sense that, like, you left me mm -hmm. to obviously, you know, to go to war, but for other reasons too. Um, but she's at no point in this book is Theo foolish. And I love that. Nice. And she's like, I am a woman who I need this. Like, I need a protector. And he, I'm not stupid. Here's this, like, exceedingly attractive, very <laughs> wealthy, like, powerful man who wants me and is going to take care of me and our secret baby. baby. I was like, when is she going to get to that? Yeah. <laughs> yes. And it just is Perfect. Like the reveal of the child Aww. and like, yeah. it's so romantic and it's, um, you know, I, I think it is the kind of story that can only be told in a second chance format. Yeah. Like if he had just rolled in and like been like, I love you, I want to marry you. Right. You know, let's get it done. Mm -hmm. It just couldn't have worked because there was so much baggage to unpack. Yeah. What about you, Priscilla? What do you have? For, um, I almost said secret baby, but that's not what we're talking about. <laughs> Come back. Second, yeah, baby. no. <laughs> Although, I guess by definition, every secret baby romance is a second chance. Second chance. Secret <laughs> babies. I You're mean, right. That could one, be. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I bet you. But, um, so. I actually have two. You've written two secret babies? No, I've never oh, written a secret baby. I was going to say, I... really? Yeah, uh, no. Yeah, no. So <laughs> my, the, when we were trying to think of second chance, and we were talking about this earlier, um, that uh, I it was my suggestion. And then when I came down to it, I was like, oh, my gosh, what what, what second chance romance? Like, I had to, like, take a step back. Yeah. Have I sure. have I ever read? I've never yeah. read one before. Yeah, what, and I was kind of like, what's my name again? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but Sonali Dave has um, two. And she told me, we were talking about this before, she said, I think it's usually like her second books in her series are second chance romances. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna have to go back and look at your series now to, <laughs> to verify that. Confirm. But, um, her, her second book and like, she's doing the Jane Austen retelling. So it came out last year. Um, a recipe for persuasion is, is a strong second chance romance. And that's like with Ashna and, and Rico and, and, um, Oh my gosh, even his name, Rico, my heart flutters. Um, <laughs> he's a Brazilian uh, FIFA soccer player and they're, and, and Ashna is a chef and they were together like in high school when they were younger and, uh, um, you know, ripped apart. So, so all of Sonali's, I think similar, maybe part of why I'm drawn to him. Like I, I enjoy writing familia dramas and, and Sonali does like wonderful. So her, the Rajay family that is going to span over the four Austin books, um, are just, I mean, every book I'm like, oh, this is my favorite couple. And then I get the next book. I'm like, oh no, this is my favorite couple. Right. <laughs> um, and so Ashna and Enrico, that story, a recipe for persuasion, it is a second chance romance for them. Like Ashna is trying to save her father's who's passed away 
restaurant. And so she agrees to go on a cooking show. So instead of dancing with the stars, it's cooking with the stars and she's doing it grudgingly, but last resort needing to save. But then who is she paired with? Rico. Suave. She's paired <laughs> with Rico Suave. Rico. Suave. Yeah, that's, I made that mic now. <laughs> I was like, with Rico. I was like, wait. <laughs> um, yeah. And, There's the uh, music cue. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, and, and in the book, the scene where they first face each other and there's a knife involved and, and Rico has had to stop playing soccer because of a really bad knee injury. And he like slides across the kitchen on his knees, which he should not be doing. But, you know, think about how like soccer players to like save that. You know, um, so it's just, it's just so emotional, but it's their second chance. But also Ashna and her mom, have a really bad because um Ashna's mom kind of not not kind of like Ashna would say like she abandoned her to to the dad because they were an arranged marriage um and so it's also a second chance of mother daughter relationship mm-hmm. you know hopefully you know that's another thread as well so to me it like really enriched the the whole second chance trope because you saw it in different ways in different kinds of relationships in 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 that book um but so and there and that book is just there's like an down with the patriarchy, but not in an anti-male kind of way. But um, so she just does such a great job. And then the book that's coming out now, so you can't get it yet, but the book that's coming out this summer is Incense and Sensibility. And it's a second chance. Yeah, it's a great title. But kind of like how we were talking about I can't remember now if we were talking about when we were, were recording or before, like what constitutes a second chance. So like, mm-hmm. like Ana Maria and Alejandro and Ashna and Rico were, you know, the, these were relationships. These were couples, you know, the, but in incense and sensibility with India and, and, Ra, and Raje, I mean, that, um, and Yash, they had like an evening that like nobody else knows about. But yet, so, so it's a second chance romance, but in, in a lighter way, but in Sonali does such a great job that it, it, you believe it and like you feel it and you, and, and you have, I anyway, have because I, I read an arc, sorry, if you're wondering like, how the hell does she know this? It's not even out yet. <laughs> um, uh, like that, the angst. And to me, that's part of what's, what grabs me as a second chance, like, a good second chance romance, the the love interests know how good it can be between them, yes. but they also know how crappy it, it can, can get or it can feel. And do they want to risk that again? Mm-hmm. So you as a reader, like you want them to get together for that good. Right. But yet but you also afraid. understand, yeah, why they, you know, so to me, I think that's part of what draws. And in these, in Sonali's books, you, even though, uh, um, Yash and India just had that short period. The way she weaves it, I believe that 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 they have this connection, and that damn, can they can they not? You know, all the stuff that's playing around them, you know, getting in the way. Can they just not fix it? Is like kind of what draws you to the end. 
Sonali is so good at it. You know, yes. when you when you started talking about her, I was reminded of The Bollywood Bride, which is the yeah. second one in that series. Series, yeah. Um, and that heroine is like a Bollywood superstar, and she comes home for a family. She's in India, but she um, comes home to sh- – she spent time in Chicago, um, and she has a kind of really – troubled family life in India, but, um, she has cousins or something in Chicago and she, um, like the, the boy next door, she like had high school feelings for the boy next Mm -hmm. door and she's home for a family wedding. And then they like, there's also, I love a celebrity romance everyone knows. And so there's also like a kind of edge of like paparazzi and what's going to happen with this huge Bollywood star. But I mean, she just, Sonali is amazing. Yes. Plus, yeah, as you said, does. I mean, persuasion, it does feel like if you're an Austin fan, if you write romance novels, yeah. like th- where every second chance romance kind of has some sort of like ec- DNA from persuasion. <laughs> it's like the primordial yeah. second chance. So, yeah, so both of those are good. Um, Sarah, do you have another one you want to talk about or you want me to go? Like, I want to talk about a romantic suspense, which we don't do very often. But, yeah, exactly. Um, do it. Okay. So I want to talk about Cindy Gerard's Taking Fire, which is really cool. And the setup of it, it's very cool. Um, so the heroine is an Israeli Mossad operative, Ooh. Talia. Ooh. And I mean, which right off the bat, I'm like, what? This is amazing. <laughs> right. <laughs> and there's um, the, the hero is a defense, a U.S. defense contractor. And she has essentially at the beginning of the book, um, we see her kind of using her relationship. They are having like an intense sexual relationship where they are super hot for each other and like really into each other. But they both like, I mean, she's a Mossad operative. Like this is not a person who like, yeah. you know, she right. doesn't get to have a happily ever after. She's busy like being badass. Um, and so she uses her relationship with this man, the the defense contractor, in order to orchestrate an attack on, like, a high-ranking Hamas leader and, like, get the guy, right? And there's, like, a terrible explosion, and then she disappears from his life. Like, she never contacts him again. Like, it's over. And he's like, I guess that was just, like, a thing that happened, like, where I was part of the play, right? Like she's yeah. basically mm-hmm. a spy, yeah. right? Um, and then, um, so years later, it's like six years later, he's wow. working for the Department of Defense and there's an explosion at the U.S. Embassy um, and he, they, they're both in the building and they survive the attack and then she comes to him and she says, um, They've taken, like, the enemies have taken my five-year-old son, and I need you to help me find him. And, I mean, it's another secret baby book, right? I was like, wait a minute, five-year-old son. Did she say six yeah, years? Like I'm trying counting. to do, like, five, four, three. <laughs> and here's the crazy thing. He's like, so imagine this setup, right? She's like, hey, I need you to help me. There's been a bombing at the the U.S., embassy we are in like this is a terrible sort of war situation also you have a child (laughs) also that child has been taken by like enemies and i need you to help 
we need to work together to get this child back. And he's like, what is happening? And she's like, I will, I'm sorry, but like, we, there's no time. There's no time. <laughs> you have a job to do. Reader, you're like, what the hell is yeah. happening? And you're, the pages are just, I mean, I zoomed wow. through this book. And it's like this, and also there's this piece where it's like, they can't, they have to trust each other in order to get the, I mean, it's such a well-constructed romantic suspense because they have to work together to solve the problem. But they're also really, he's so angry with her. And rightfully so. And it's really good. I mean, like, the action is great. If you're a romantic suspense fan, this is a great one. That sounds amazing. Wow. You know what? Let's actually, Priscilla, you go. Because the one I'm going to talk about is not out yet, so I'm going to talk about it last. So, Oh, okay. Yeah, because I have one other one that, that I would like to talk about. Um, we are going to do warnings um, at the beginning because I will say um, this whole series that I want to talk about, it's um, Ronnie Lawrence, The Ones Who Got Away. Um, and that's the name of the series, but it's also the name of book one. Um, and it does deal with, um, in the past, there was a, a mass shooting at a school. So I, I do want to have that trigger warning. I will say that in the books, it, the the event that happened, the pieces of it are told, you know, throughout the series, because I've read the whole series in flashback, mm-hmm. but it's not, it's not like front and center. She really focuses on um, the series itself. There are about um, a, a small group that some of the kids that survived um, and, and one of the heroes later in the books is, um, not, not even involved with it, but book one is, um, Liv and Finn's story. And I don't want to mess up the name. So I'm like scrolling through my paper right now because I don't want to, I, I don't want to do it I, always. Yeah. Yes. Okay, good. So Liv was like the good looking, hot, confident goth girl in high school. And Finn was, you know, like the, the studly jock, um, golden boy. And they secretly dated because Finn's dad, as we have done, dun, 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 right. The father doesn't think that the girl is good enough. Right. So they secretly dated. Um, and the shooting occurs prom night, two students come to the prom and, and that's where it happens. And when it starts happening and you learn in backstory, Finn and Liv are making out in one of the janitor's closets. And Finn has gone to the date like as a shield with a friend, mm. uh, another girl that's a friend that is more appropriate, you know, according to his. And when it when it all goes down, um, obviously, they they, you know, these two survive, as does the, you know, Finn's date. But Finn leaves the janitor closet to go, like, protect his real date, and Liv stays there. And she and she is she is confronted by one of the shooters, but the shooter recognizes her as an outcast as well, right? And so she's fine. But after that, in the aftermath. Finn and, you know, and, and Liv have broken up. I can't remember how many years, maybe it's like a decade later. And the reason they're all together now is there's somebody wanting to do a documentary about the shooting. So Liv has not seen Finn in all those years. And so they're reunited. Um, She's dealing with like PTSD. He's dealing as Finn has been lauded as like a hero because he helped protect, like he got shot. Like he took a bullet for his date 
but he views himself as not a hero because he left her there behind, right? Wow. To go, right? So, so there's those kinds of feelings. Um, and it's just like the, the emotion, but both of them have valid reasons for what, the, what they're feeling right now. Um, and, and, and for what they did, you know, kind of in the past, um, she does a great job that the three other heroines, um, so the four women that are, that are in the series, they're all survivors. They didn't know each other, but they bonded because of that. Right. And, Shared trauma, and, right? Yeah, and and you see their relationships. So so the, their relationships. You know, she um, Ronnie's done a really good job, but Finn for ha, has gone into the FBI. So like the way he's dealt with his PTSD is, I'm going to stop. You know, uh, all the bad guys. You know, kind of thing. And you see. When they get together, you see how good they can be. You see they're as like hot and heavy and amazing. Um, but yet they both ha- still have things that they have to get, you know, that have to get over. Um, and and they're able to help each other. But it's like a healthy relationship, even though they know that they're they both still haven't dealt with all the crap that that they've had to deal with. But through the course of the book, like you see Liv is just she like she comes into her, her own. She's like just this wonderfully strong, amazing woman. Um, and Finn makes, you know, proves himself, does the growth like we talked about, like to be worthy of her. You're like, it, it's, it's so well-written. It's like, a, it's an amazing book. I mean, it's really emotional and the topic is, is, um, uh, you know, really, really hard, especially given, you know, times, world, but yeah. Ronnie handles it. I, I feel like she handles it really beautifully. So you said, and I, I know this is, you know, that they were in, in a janitor's closet for yes. serious reasons, but before they were in there for serious reasons, they were making out in that janitor's closet. And it reminded me of Sophie Jordan's beautiful sinner where, oh, yeah. so can I just like Jen very fast? <laughs> Cause it wasn't one of my picks, but no, I mean, but I love whatever. this book. Girl, so please card. do it. Yeah. So, all right. <laughs> so Sophie Jordan wrote a series called devil's rock. It's about, um, all the heroes were at one point or another in, in a prison called De- devil's rock. And, uh, Cruz Walsh has been released from prison after it's revealed that like the crime that he committed wasn't quite the crime that he committed. Um, and, uh, he, he has to go back to his home to like his small town where he is still considered to be like persona non grata. Right? right. And like, nobody wants to talk to him. Nobody wants to deal with him. But back in high school, Aww. he, there, uh, the heroine, Gabriella had a very big crush on him, like a really exceptionally big crush on him. And this is the book for all of you who love like ugly duckling stories. Like she was like Aww. the, kind of dumpy, like, kind of pudgy, like, very quiet, meek girl who, like, nobody really liked and didn't really blossom until much later than high school. So say many of us. And, (laughs) um, but one night, like, I think it might even have been prom night, but, like, one big night, like, they were, she was invited to a party and she went and she was in a pool house and he was there and it was dark and he thought she was someone else <gasps> and he kissed her and she let him because she was like, this it's is my Cruise chance. Walsh, Shoot right? my <laughs> it's Walsh. Yeah. Hey. And here's the part that's great. When they come back together, like they're grownups now and they get locked in a janitor's closet at a high school for, you know, romance reasons. And then, and they, it's dark and they kiss and he's like, oh my God, it's you. 
my lips Remember your kisses My heart remembers your love He remembers? Of course he does oh. For romance reasons <laughs> I like that rule Romance reasons because of course, like you know, it's a perfect romance moment where you're like, of course, no, obviously in real life, this dummy would not remember. But like, he, for sure, he kisses her and he's like, oh my god, it's you, I it's was you, I looked for you, and <laughs> I kissed every girl. <laughs> was this your Until mouse? I find you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hearing like, <laughs> I know background, right? So anyway, it's delicious. It's so hot. It's yeah. such a hot book. Oh, really? Um, so enjoy that one, yeah. everyone. Yeah, that's a good one. Okay, I am going to talk about a book that I'm going to tell you right now is probably going to end up on my best of 2021 <gasps> list. Ooh, spoiler alert. I know. Spoiler alert. So I'm, I'm actually not going to talk too much about it because we're going to do a whole episode, on it. Whole episode okay. on it. And I actually even was like, Sarah, when you get this author, and it is called Seven Days in June by Tia Williams, and it comes out June 1st. So it's also oh, cool. like Sonali's book, In Sense and Sensibility, you're going to have to pre-order. Um, and it is, so here's the thing that's also really interesting. These, um, it's Ava and Shane are the main characters, and they had essentially, like, an intense, like, but, like, drug-fueled, like, drunken haze, like, week that they spent together when they were teenagers. And they were both, like, really broken people, right? Based on, like, she actually suffered from, like, chronic pain, and so she was, like, self-medicating. Um, she also had, like, some uh, some really unhappy things happening in her home. Her mother was, like, this really strong woman, but also not a very nurturing, nurturing. one, right? And so, um, and Shane was, like, sort of a mess for his own reasons. And when they meet up again, I think it's about 10 years later, she is essentially like the best-selling author of an erotica series that reads a lot like um almost like like uh J.R. Ward, almost like um uh what is it, those vampires. The dagger the black black yeah. right? Like so yeah. it's sort of like she's written this series that is like really hot and really sexy and kind of Ooh. paranormal and I wanna read it. Oh my god, this book, wait, I, you guys, everyone's going to want to read, I'm going to sell this book every day from here until the rest of the year. And Shane, meanwhile, has been writing, is like a, you know, a literature, he's been writing uh, literature, but what uh, she, one of what those. She, right, but what <laughs> she knows that no one else does is he has been writing about her and his right all her that character that he's so famous for is her and in her books this like (laughs) vampire who can never die it's him and so like and you know and then it's like basically at the brooklyn you know like the it's like the black literati of brooklyn are having some event and he's there and she's there and they are like magnets (gasps) they just come back together and I've got to tell you, this book is so alive. I don't even know how Gosh. else to describe it. But and and it, you know, you go back. There's this flashback to what that week was like for them, and you know, kind of, are they going to be able to make it work? And like the being a writer, and I mean, oh my god, you guys, this book is amazing, and you really do know that it's like faded mates again, right? Like they 
Of course, they are so right for each other, but when they met back then, they were too broken. And now it's like, can they trust that being together won't re-break them, right? It is an amazing book. I'm not going to say any more because I'm going to talk about it 800 more times this year, (laughs) but it comes out June 1st. And we have another book that's coming out this summer that we want to mention too, right? Well, um... Another second chance romance. It's it comes out um, early fall. Oh, I think it's like it's September seventh. Right. Yeah. So so we're just gonna what your appetite. But Alexis Star is um, a lot like Adios. So it's the second book in her series. The first one was was last fall. Um, you had me at Ola, um, and this one is a super sexy. Um, Oh, like it's a it's another second chance romance. This is with the the uh, the second prima Michelle, and I'm drawing a total blank on the guy's name. But you can pre order it, and then when you pre order it, Hang you'll on. see the guy's name. You'll Hang see on. the guy's I'm name there. Get yeah, it. I'm gonna get it. Um, I feel like it's right yeah. here on the tip of my tongue. Or yeah, Google it. Um, but so it's a lot like Adios, and that's another second chance romance. Yeah. Well, and we loved you had me yeah. at Ola. We talked about yes. it a couple weeks ago. So yes, Michelle yes, yes, and yeah. Gabriel. G- Gabriel. Mm. Yeah, Gabe. Gabe. Yeah, I love those cousins in right from book one. So I'm all about. I'm all about the The text threads from that book are. I mean, everything about that book is great, but the text threads from that book are fabulous. Another, another like. But I think that's what makes a good book, like the the different relationships. Yes, it's about the romance, but it's also the other relationships that you know that make the their world more you know believable to me. And in Second Chance, those other relationships are so important. Yes. Right? Yeah. So I have to tell you, this is, I said I was going to tell this story yes. before we recorded, but so one of the things that, um, I, so I was thinking about second chances and I was reading your book and I was like, I wonder what happened to that boy that I liked so much back in high school. <laughs> <laughs> and I Googled him and probably on Facebook, a big Republican, like <gasps> big donor. Oh to the man who lost the election. And so I t- immediately, I like took oh a God. screenshot of it and I sent it to my best friend. And I was <laughs> like, it never would have worked. Yes. And she was like, oh no, no. terrible. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. so funny. And now it's sort of nice. I'm like, he is not the one that got away. No. Uh-uh. No, no, no. I'm like bullet dodge. I am the one who got away. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> there you totally. go. Totally. Yeah. So I don't even want to know that. One last shout out, which is the second book um, in the Gathering of Dragons series. We are on record as loving A Heart of Blood and Ashes. A Touch of Stone and Snow is a second chance romance. And the interesting thing about this one is um, Lizen is the heroine. Er Erex is the hero. And it is um, betrayal. Like, she really feels that he betrayed, he betrayed her. her. And so she has been, like, literally on the run from him while he is out, like, trying to essentially, and it's, like, years later, he he kind of recognizes she must be nearby. Yeah. And is, like, I'm going to hot on her trail because he knows that they have yeah. unfinished business. Oy. And so it's it's very different in pacing from A Heart and Blood of Ashes where all, a lot of the action is front-loaded. And okay. in here, it's it's a lot of, you know, they're sort of, like, apart and, and she doesn't want to be with him. But if you did like A Heart of Blood and Ashes, this is, it's a very different book tonally, but it is another, it is a great another. second chance romance. Yeah. I thought about, also, you know what I didn't realize? The first in the Bromance Book Club 
is a second oh, page sure. romance. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know how I, I don't know how I well, didn't think about that one. Cause broke, yeah, I, right. I love this. I love the second one, Mac. I loved Mac, but the first book is definitely because they're married yeah, and yeah. she's wanting to, yeah. And right. so that's, that's a cute premise. The whole yeah, the premises. I mean, yeah. over the season, this season of Fated Mates, we've been talking a lot about like the Venn diagram of all the ways that romance oh. intersects. <laughs> and so, of course, we, I mean, we talked a little bit about Secret Baby and that Venn diagram definitely is second chance. Yeah. You know, in probably inside second chance. And then, but there's also, you know, marriage the and marriage and trouble trope, yep. which is, you know, a whole separate podcast right but like all second all um all second Second chance chance. yeah so yeah i mean and then of course there's like the one night stand there's yeah so so like what we said what what is what is second chance like i would say i I started to think in summer in the city the novella that i have um i haven't mentioned that sorry that comes out the end of may um and i started to think it's it's at first, I was like, is that second chance? But no, because they were never together. They like they were interested in each other in high school, but they were in rival theater troops. So they they, they had, right? But but they never, you know, and they like sang a duet and, and you know, and had a kiss. But it was like it's w- like a misconnection. But it was right, performing. Exactly. You know, it was performing. Yeah. It wasn't. So yeah. it, I think it's more like adversaries to lovers than I, I think mean that's what I have a book coming out in the in the summer, and I was try- I was wondering, yeah. I was thinking like, oh, is that second yeah. chance? Because they have always kind of been into each other, but no, it's just like a long a long yeah. so yeah the thing that i think priscilla that you said that i like my new understanding out of like today's episode is i think for second chance to really work they have to understand both how good it can be and also mm. how bad it can be yeah like that right it can't just be one or the other we had a kiss or i was interested because right. they didn't know the depths and and i think that's a really like great way to sort of like is it or is it not is do they know both what they're capable of and right. what they're capable of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think that that adds to the emotional level then for me as a reader as well, you know. So well yay, now that we have answered we've, we've solved great. what what are, what other world problems <laughs> should we solve now? Oh what a well, this has been fabulous. Um uh, let's see anchored hearts Priscilla Oliveris's Next book, the second book in Keys to yes. Love, is out um, next week. Next week on Tuesday, yes. April twenty seventh. Yes, is that right. Yes. Um. So pick it up wherever books are sold. Pre-order it now. It's not out right now. If you are listening to us on release day, oh it's yeah, not out. But you can pre-order it. Priscilla, is there a place where they can pre-order it? With yeah, like if you signatures? if you pre if you pre-order from Love Sweet Arrow, so like the the, the oh, romance yeah. friendly out of Chicago, Love Sweet Arrow. Yeah, I have already sent them a stack, and they're gonna let me know if they need more. But I've sent them signed book plates, so you'll get a signed book plate and Kensington um created. I pulled. Two recipes, so Ana Maria's favorite Fun. dish and Alejandro's favorite dish on the Miranda's menu, and we have two recipe cards. Nice. Um, that so you'll get uh, the signed book plate and you'll get the two recipe cards if you pre-order. Um, and I told him we could do it up until like the twenty sixth. You know, I perfect. can always just send. So if you pre-order through Love Sweet Arrow, I will make sure to put the link to that right in show notes, so everybody oh, okay. will be able to click it, and then we'll tweet it out on the day of you know, in the promo tweets and the day that the book comes out too. Oh, okay. So great. Oh, cool. Thanks. And you have Thanks. a short story coming at the end of May. I do. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
Somewhere in the city, it's an anthology. So it's a novella. It's about 30,000. Um, and the premise of the, the anthology, it's three best friends that Friday, Saturday morning, they're going on a girls weekend. But Friday night, they go to, they all have separate plans. They go different places and the lights go out. It's a blackout across all of the we boroughs. We love a blackout. Yes. <laughs> yes. And so... <laughs> You have to make out with somebody. It's I know. <laughs> yes. Shenanigans have to ensue in a blackout. So um, my novella is Lights Out, and it's kind of, it's a, um, a, a Lin-Manuel Broadway and um, a meshing of that and my love, my familia's love of baseball. So Mateo is a la Lin-Manuel. He's a rising Broadway star. He spent the last 10 years working on his passion project, which is a musical about the life um of Roberto Clemente and so it's opening night of Roberto Clemente and opening um, night he gets a blackout opening night yes first act yes so it's opening night of course he has to make out with someone and and Vanessa (laughs) is um is the heroine and they were they grew up in Tampa they were in rival theater troops so they competed against each other in like in like um thespian competitions and but Vanessa is no longer performing. Now she's a journalist and she writes for an online entity called The Fix. Like you want to know what's going on. You need to be in the know. You can get your fix at The Fix. Um, and the last play that that Mateo did, she really gave a harsh review. Oh, and well, four reasons. Mateo. It was probably terrible. I know. <laughs> well, four reasons that, that, um, that she realizes that maybe it weren't good enough. Her reasons, Ooh. but but so she's in the audience and he sees her there and the lights go out and they wind up having, you know, just they, they wind up being stuck together um, throughout nice. the course. So what the are you going to do? So, make out. Know. You're going to make out. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Later on. <laughs> yes. Yes. He could identify her by that yes. kiss for sure. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, everybody. And I will say I dropped yeah. a little Easter egg somewhere in Lights nice. Out. There's a little Easter egg about another book. So if somebody finds it, you can DM me and I'll let you know if that's the right, if you found an Easter egg or if you found something else that I don't remember. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us, Priscilla. We loved having you. Will you come again? Oh, I will. It's so fun chatting with you ladies. So thanks for the the invite. Everyone, this is Faded Mates. Uh, We are produced by Eric Mortensen. Find us on the web at fadedmates.net where you can find transcripts of episodes, um, links to gear, links to all the music that ends up in the episode, um, and pins and stickers from best friend Kelly. We love you. We hope you, you know, we hope you have a great second chance romance in your life. If you do, tell us about it (laughs) online. We want to know. Tell us, yes. tell, if it's, tell us if your romance is a second chance romance. Um, if not, buy Priscilla's book, which is oh. out next week, and enjoy it because it's delicious. Oh, thank you. Gracias. Bye.